0: Hi, I'm Delene Allen, the networking queen. I love to connect people. There is nothing more wonderful than the human connection, the connection that can lead to incredible things, to love, to business, to make our lives just so much richer, meeting and connecting on a deeper level than, hi, here's my business card but making those human connections that can take you to magical places. Stay tuned for network equals net worth. I wanna hear your stories. I wanna share your stories. So good day, it's Delene Allen. We're making connections. I wanna introduce you to Hasmeet Singh Chendo. And he is an IT professional in the morning and a multifaceted creative soul by the evening who believes in the power of joyful activism. I love that. He has been involved in founding and running social enterprises for the last 15 years. He prefers to communicate his ideas to the world through dance, writings, and public speaking. Presently, he, along with his team, is working on an art-based activism organization, namely Maritime Bangra group. group, based out of Halifax and Toronto. But let me tell you about this gentleman. I knew the day I connected with him that he was pretty terrific. He is among the top 30 most influential South Asians in the world. Holy mackerel, Dalhousie Board of Governors Award, the highest honor, the Dalhousie Impact Awards, Citizenship Awards, Graduate Scholarship, but here's some other one, International Student of the Year for Dalhousie in 2016. So many accolades, it's so wonderful to see people recognized. Featured on CBC, CTV, Vogue, The Guardian, Vice, Huntington Post, Daily Mail, and Buzzfeed, right? He's a member of the United Nations Interfaith Harmony Committee of Halifax. He is the founder of the Maritime Bangra Group, online over a million reach, one of the highest in the Maritimes, a public speaker for United Nations, Parliament Hill, NASCAD, various human rights organizations, and founder of the Dalhousie Sikh Students Association in 2014. I got to tell you, I can't wait to watch this film, and I apologize I didn't watch it before we did the podcast, the documentary film done about Behind the Bangra Boys. You need to watch it. That is fantastic. It's a joyous look at culture, immigration, activism, and community through the experience of the Maritime Bangra group going beyond the dance and viral videos. We follow the group as they seek connections in the First Nation communities to raise awareness for climate change in our planet. A truly cinematic, cinematic adventure. Wow. So in 2013, when you landed in September of that year to go to university here in Nova Scotia, we are one lucky province that you came here. So I know we talked a little bit before the podcast, but I'd love to know a little bit of some of the ways that you learned why it was important to connect with people.
1: Thank you so much, Talene. Thank you for having me. I just want to make a correction. When when I said public speaking for UN, it's it's the, the United Nations Interfaith Harmony the Halifax chapter, that's where I, I give the talks on that behalf. So connections. Yeah. I think pretty much anything you want to do when you have a larger impact, I, you would need those connections. And you're going to need that knowledge that other people have accumulated all throughout those years. They have lived in this world. As I was telling you, I think learning unintentionally, learning about how important the connections are. would The first teacher would be my mom. How she used to network with all these people in the community where everybody was providing some sort of service, you know, from their home and either free or at a very less price. And then she would, when she had to seek advice for something else, she would go to this other person who is doing the same, either at a very less price or for free. But I mean, I never understood there was this exchange of ideas going on as a kid. For me, it was just two people having a conversation. But you know, eventually, when you grow up, and when you try to do things on your own, that's when you get to understand what was happening in front of you was nothing less than a networking session in in itself.
0: Exactly. And then you and a friend in high school started something quite remarkable. Tell us about that.
1: I was, uh, believe it or not, I was, I think, 16, uh, 16 16-ish, and I was in college. (laughs) I was doing my engineering. And uh, it was me and a a junior a a year junior from me in the engineering school we came up with this idea of starting a blog called news not making news and and the idea behind the blog was to share good news and and then to share the news which is good enough but or which is very good but doesn't make it to the mainstream news media because maybe they are busy covering which other celebrity has adopted another dog so, yeah. So we were we we wanted to create a platform platform for those those news clips or those news pieces which were not being recognized by other news channels, and that's why we called it news not making news.
0: Wow! But so many um, uh, big companies reached out to you, didn't they? Name some of those.
1: We. we- so the idea was we were pretty we were too young to actually come up with conclusions on some of the very important issues, so we reached out to the people who were working in these big companies, and a lot of people surprisingly said yes, and this included people running big social enterprises on their own, named Alexis Group, and then there was these other people. We had this some one person from Reuters and a lot of people. That's that's when you understand the importance of connections. That if you go on and if you start something good and meaningful, it may take you some time. But when you start reaching out to all these good people, if they see that you have good intentions, those connections will work out. Huge. They'll help you.
0: Well, and I think you also learned another valuable lesson. There are many, many people who are too timid or fearful to reach out to somebody, let's say, at a higher level or more important, um, that they're they are they're just people, too, who also desire to have human connection, aren't they?
1: Exactly. I mean, everybody started small. That's thats one idea we'll have to keep in mind, that one day they were there writing their own blog, and some of them were doing it even now. So, you know, you, you get that idea in your mind and uh, be considerate of What you are going to tell them and be considerate of their time and put some time in uh, preparing your pitch and just go ahead with it.
0: Yeah. And that you also told me a story that your mom uh, made sure that while you were going through school that you could finish your education quicker. That was pretty neat.
1: Yeah. So I, I usually call and uh, when, whenever I talk about this and I, when I call my mom from Canada, I tell her mom that was cheating and she would just laugh about it. So what she did was with all four siblings, she made us jump a grade. So let's say, for example, if if I, this one, someone is going to grade one and two, then you, in spite of going to grade three, you would directly go to grade four. Wow. <laughs> that way you would save a year. And at such an age, you know, you have that caliber that you can work on a few extra things and you could learn. So that that saved us a year in our life and gave me an extra year to experiment with the things I wanted to do.
0: Excellent. That is phenomenal. Wow. She had a plan for you, didn't she? So um, and then you went from uh, finishing school. Did you start another business before you actually came to Canada?
1: Yes, I started uh, with my co-founder, I started a research publication company and we ran an international computer science journal. And, uh, yeah, that even that was a challenge being 20 and trying to get a license from one of the biggest offices in the country to run an international journal. Yeah. So it, that took a lot of effort and, uh, trying to enter that office and trying to have a conversation with these high-end people and trying to convince them that you'll be able to run a journal, making sure the scholarship coming out of it is something original and is going to make a contribution.
0: Wow. But you managed to do that. You are a connector. And then tell us your next adventure. You were going to plan to come to Canada.
1: Yeah. So the next step was... uh, coming for uh, coming for an education, higher education to Canada. So I applied for a master's of computer science here at DAL and uh, landed here in 2013.
0: But you made and a connection even before you came here to make that yeah, transition. It yeah. was,
1: I would say it was them making an attempt. And then it was, we were playing like a second step to this, the international student organization at DAL there was this uh, guy named Ranjit he I think he works for sobie's now he arranged all these things for all the international students where after having a conversation with him and telling him all the experiences I had uh, with with starting organizations and I was a part of the student politics as well when I was do- when I was doing my undergrad so telling him all the experiences I had we became we got connected very well and uh, he helped me get an apartment before even I landed in Canada. He helped me open a bank account in the first week, get a credit card, which could be something very challenging for someone who is coming to a new country in a very different type of weather. That's, that was the first time I recognized that for Canada, that you know, having a connection, I mean, how big of a difference can it make having a connection with someone who has already been here for a while?
0: Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm in awe of anybody who picks up their life, moves to another country, and just exactly that, that one human being can make such a difference exactly. in, in you feeling welcome in this country. And so then you came here and you very actively were seeking lots of things to do with the university. Do you want to tell us about some of the activities? Because you actually formed um, a group was it a Sikh group at
1: Dalhousie? Yeah. So we started a student organization, which was first in the Maritimes, I believe it was called Dalhousie Sikh student association. And that's where we were talking about the issues being faced by not just the Sikh students, but anyone whosoever came up with the issues. We, uh, one of the people, uh, one of the person involved with the group went through one of, uh, an unfortunate racist incident. And we were very quick to, you know, uh, give it to CDC and made sure it was reported. And uh, we we made sure his name was kept anonymous. So that was... Uh, and then we, we did some of the uh, student activities where we were trying to make sure that people felt welcomed and people had an opportunity to talk about why they looked a certain way, why they had a turban on their head. We did street campaigns trying to tell people and then we danced for sure. But then- my co-founder... Uh, the pre- the first president of the organization is the same guy with whom i founded the dance troupe.
0: excellent so it 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 was it was in formation for a long time but uh, tell us maybe when you did the very first performance for the dance group
1: i think it was in 2013 when uh, it was my uh, co-founder kunwar deep singh who was dancing and i was sort of accompanying him for a few songs in between like we had a performance let's say mm-hmm. for 6 like 7 minutes and i would come in for two to three minutes. I'm not as good as a dancer if I compare myself to him. <laughs> and uh, yeah, eventually we started getting a lot of response and we the university would contact for us for pretty much any event. Uh, either it's a TEDx <laughs> or even if it is a student organization function, anything and everything we would get asked by university at a lot of times to come and perform. And then in 2016, we thought it's time to take the next step.
0: Excellent. That is amazing. So again, those early connections you made thanks to your mom um, and then the connections to Canada. So can you think of one or two other things early on in your life that were pivotal moments and when somebody said something to you that just resonated and made you look and think a different way? I think
1: for, for someone like me who always wanted to start things by himself, Something most important was knowing someone or having a connection who would say, yes, your vision makes sense. Especially when you are at such a young age, you are looking for that uh, uh, confirmation, right? So uh, I would say when I started my second company, the International Journal, having a co-founder, his name is Gursharan is in India, he's a data scientist now. When I presented my idea to him, he was already supposed to start working in a graphics company where he was gonna be paid very well. But when I told him about my idea and he took a lot of interest in it and eventually he decided he's not gonna take that job, which he was supposed to take after graduating and making good amount of money. He decided to trust in my idea and gave me that confidence that we can start something and make it a successful venture in itself.
0: Wow. And what a difference that makes to have somebody encourage you. You know, I I love my parents dearly. And when you're five or six here in Canada, the favorite conversation is don't talk to strangers, don't get into that car, don't do this, Mm -hmm. don't do that. But what I found was later on in life as a business person, and I ran a home-based business before many people ran a home-based business, I was timid to hand out a card. I was shy to talk to people because that voice in your head says, don't talk to strangers. Well, they're just, they're just people you haven't met, but obviously you had a positive message that realizing that it's connecting just opens up so many doors, doesn't
1: it? It just love talking. (laughs) I mean, I remember there was this, so I I lived very close to this big hospital uh, back in India and then, a lot of nurses uh, would walk towards the hospital crossing from uh, crossing in front of my house. And we would just randomly stop people as kids and we'd say hi and, you know, trying to strike a conversation with them. And there was this one uh, girl, uh, she was a nurse in the hospital and we, we as kids, me and group of my friends, we started having a conversation with her and eventually we became very good friends. And I would invite her to my house and have a cup of tea. And my mom would usually tell me, you know, you are, you are bringing in strangers, but she she would welcome them and, you know, serve them with, with a lot of love. But I, I had that in me since I was a kid. I just loved talking and, you know, understanding the world the other person is living in.
0: Exactly. There's just always so much to learn. And mm-hmm. it's like, could be your new best friend that if you don't, Take that opportunity to say hello or to smile at somebody, which right now in the world, we need more than ever. What a difference that makes. That, um, yeah, you just never know when that smile or that hello could change that person's outlook on that particular day and that particular time. Wow. So um, any other things from childhood about making connections? I think we could stay here all day and you could think of empty stories.
1: (laughs) I had this another friend uh, uh, who I met, I think, in grade seven. So we used to make these uh, in, in between our uh, in, in between the school. When we had that recess, we used to play with with these balls. We weren't allowed to bring in leather or tennis balls because India is big with cricket. Right. So <laughs> we, we used to make these paper balls and cover them with the cello tape just to make it, you know, a, a ball we could play with for a while and make it a little heavy. So he knew someone from uh, uh, his his community who worked in a cello tape factory. So he would bring in those cello tapes and sell them in the classroom, and then eventually started selling them in, in the school. And this was grade seven. For me, having so I I had a conversation with him, and we made a connection, and we started uh, describing our ideas. Although none of them succeeded in itself, but at that such a young age. When you have someone who is doing something like that and is telling you that what sort of vision he or she has by just selling those tapes, not even for a cent, if if I compare it to the Canadian dollar. <laughs> having that conversation and having, having that friend who had such a vision, I think really made a difference in my mind.
0: Exactly. Very Solidified much-
1: the idea that, you know, you can be an entrepreneur, doesn't matter what your age is. Exactly.
0: Oh, yeah. Opportunity. And I'm hoping that many, many younger people are seeing the opportunity and being some form of self-employment, because usually Mm -hmm. um, the J-O-B that we get from nine to five, right? You Mm -hmm. said you work IT, but -hmm. your joyful activity is evenings and so on, that um, having those things, if you can combine them, then we're the luckiest people in the whole wide world, aren't we? Exactly. PC Wizard is an industry award-winning team offering remote and in-person IT support for businesses in Nova Scotia and beyond. With their friendly and knowledgeable staff, PC Wizard is here to help you understand how your technology can improve your business without creating stress or breaking your budget. Bring PC Wizard a problem. They will provide you with a solution. That's their motto. Experts in cybersecurity, user education, IT sourcing, data protection, and much more. PC Wizard can help you. Contact them today at pcwizard.ca. That's P-C-W-I-Z-R-D without an A dot C-A. And get your free IT assessment today. You'll thank them tomorrow later on in life so tell me we got to Halifax we created the student group we started to do dances but when was that moment that you took from just the dances to it's like there's a whole new level for this as tell me about that
1: yeah when we when so one day we have this random conversation me and the co-founder I said how about we give dancing just another name and not mix it with the student organization we are running he was like, yeah, okay. I mean, he was posting all his dance videos on his Facebook at that time. And we eventually got with this idea of starting uh, the dance troupe and we named it Maritime Bangra group, which was quite obvious because we were in Maritimes and we were sort of one of the first official group, groups. People had done Bangra before us. Our community has done it a lot of times, but at least to the best of my knowledge, it never came out to the larger community. So we named it Maritime Bangra Group, in spite of giving it a traditional Punjabi name. We gave it the name of Maritimes. And that way we started posting a few videos. And I think our, one of the first few videos was the one on Peggy's Okay. which went viral and millions of people saw it. And we were being interviewed from people around the world. And uh, we thought. And initially we thought of it as a vehicle to let people know about ourselves, about the culture, something For people to know outside the university, because people in the university already started to know about the culture, but outside the university, we wanted to take the message to the larger audience in Halifax or in Dartmouth, in HRM, basically. But then after the first video went viral, we thought of it as something bigger, something which has to make contributions in the local community, because I always say Canada has done so much for the world. This had to be a gift from the world to Canada. Wow, Because every time people would say, why don't you contribute to the causes back home, there are a lot of people need help. And I don't deny that. But I always say we have we had to start something which contributes here in the local community of what we are going through and what we are, how we can help each other. So that's when this idea grew in itself. And we started donating whatever we made to local charities.
0: So explain, if you will, marvelous idea that you've had and and how you implement that, because um, there are so many local charities here in Atlantic Canada that really are grassroots organizations. Mm -hmm. And one of the most important things that you talked about was uh, our Indigenous people and water. I mean, something as basic as good water. And that we need to get that message out there. So how did it go from the dance? Mm-hmm. And the, what I love is the reception that came back helped you realize that you, you had something, that there was a connection that you were making with people, that human connection, that you knew you could do something more, some more good. So tell how, how that happened. Cause that's
1: brilliant. I think after the videos started going viral, a lot of people would send me messages like, uh, you know, I'm going through a mental health crisis, but whenever I watch your videos, it, it takes me out of that for a few minutes, I'm happy. And, you know, and then people from schools, high schools, middle schools, like from the whole spectrum of that age group, starting from, you know, grade 10, like you would have kids, uh, who are three years old, four years old, dancing to the videos. And then you have people who are in their 70s or 80s or 90s writing you messages, saying how how much of a, of a joyful experience this brings to them. So we thought this this certainly has a reach. So let's try to make it a voice for others and not just for ourselves. So that's when we started to explore the ideas of meeting others. And by others, we wanted to meet people who looked different than us. In, in, in a sense that you could feel their problems and become their voice. One of the first charities we worked with was autism uh, for ALS, Nova Scotia and New Brunswick. When we met them, there were very few funding sources they had and they weren't getting any funding from the government. So we we started to work hard. One of the most viral videos we had was the snow shoveling Pangra, and more than 50 million people watched it through different channels and uh, at least to, to the best of what I know about those statistics and it was shared by channels being run by Hollywood celebrities and yeah a lot of people started to cover it and that video itself raised more than five thousand dollars and then people got inspired from that video they started to make their own dance videos making raising money for different charities we made another video featuring one of the person who felt very happy watching the videos, but she was going through a lot through ALS, and it was Judy, and she was a high school teacher. When we made that video, her students from around the world did a uh, did a virtual marathon and raised a lot, of, a few thousand dollars for ALS. So there was that trickle down effect when we started making those uh, those calls uh, calls for help from the people. And then eventually we took this to a different level by going uh, by working through uh, with uh, Autism Nova Scotia, by working with uh, any and every charity we could uh, feel or, you know, reach uh, through online or offline efforts to raise money. I mean, with Autism Nova Scotia, we tried working with them to repair a a kitchen they had in their basement where uh, anyone who's going through autism can come in and, uh, you know, play games or socialize. And then the other project we did with them was we 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 funded them to start a project where they could reach out to indigenous communities which need help and train them so that they can receive the help or the services they need on the on the reservation or the or, or, or the place which uh, where they are living so that they don't have to travel outside of their own uh, community to get help. So same way, any any charity any group of people who reached out to us we saw how we could help them and we worked out through that
0: wow can you remember one or two stories that really just impacted you
1: yes connections I mean I I remember performing in PEI and we were backstage meeting all the audience members and there comes this one person and he says he looks a bit happy and sad at the same time and he says I want to have a conversation with you we, we a private conversation, and we go on the side, and he tells me he lost one of his family members a few days ago, and he was coming from the ceremony directly to watch the show. That made a really big impact in my heart on of how our dance was making a difference in people's life. And then he had the, those uh, private words to tell me, in which I would prefer not to share, but. In, in a sense that if somebody is coming directly from that ceremony to watch your show, just so that they feel that they could come out of this, even for a few minutes while they are watching you, I think in itself is a very big statement. Then we had kids living in very remote part of Canada, in Alberta or in Montreal. Uh, in, there was this girl from a remote part in Alberta and then there were kids from Montreal I think primary school sending us letters and cards saying how much they enjoy what we do. And I think coming from Montreal or parts of Quebec where they may not had that much of an exposure looking at someone like me, I think having them... And then we went to that school and we had those conversations with those kids. I think having them see someone like us and... Having that exposure at such a young age cre- makes a lot of difference in what sort of human beings they're going to be once they grow up.
0: Well, just expanding their horizons of, oh, my goodness, there's more than just this in the world. And and the fact that in, in the next breath, you're just a human being like they are, too.
1: Exactly. Right.
0: But what a wonderful, wonderful opportunity at a young age to realize, and you know, yeah.
1: The, when when I look at you, I think of connections because, you know, you are such a good communicator and how you connect people I from that same visit to that school. So all these kids make a line and they're like, we need your autograph. Wow. And all three of us look at each other and say, do you know how to do an autograph? And all three of us are like, no what do we do say okay maybe we'll just write love mbg love through mbg and and all of them come with like this small paper and while we are doing those autographs and there are like 40 or 50 of them and all of them want it they come and touch the beard and say are you santa like is this real right and then imagine all 50 of them touching the beard of all three of us but
0: but But so spellbound, like, like, it's like you were uh, TV coming to life or a movie coming to life, but what an experience. Like, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: it it happens in a lot of school visits. I mean, we were in the Halifax grammar school and a lot of kids were very much fascinated with the turban and they wanted to know what's below the turban, what's, what's in there. So we took off our turbans and we showed them, you know, what's, what's in there. And then we told them the importance of the turban, how it was just like a body part for me. It's as important as having an arm or a leg for me to have that turban on my head. Right. So having those conversations, I think making those connections, not just with adults who can connect you with more people, I think having those connections with the kids at a young age is a different type of networking in itself. And it does take some experience, but I think it's it's a very important type of connection and it can teach you so many things.
0: Well, but you can be darn sure that all those children went home and talked to their parents that day and the parents learned something from their children, which if your child is asking about or sharing a story that they were very excited about, that they yeah. got an autograph, suddenly the parents look at that situation a little bit differently. You see it through the child's eyes, which to me makes it all the more magical because it's like... Wow, if they enjoyed that, maybe there's more of this that we can introduce them to, which we'll all enjoy.
1: No, exactly. I mean, and that has a trickle-down effect, and we have experienced it. I remember doing a show in Chester. We were trying to raise the money for their theater program, and I think we did two shows with Chester Middle School, and the other one was trying to raise money for their uh, breakfast program for the kids who would do breakfast after coming to school. And we had this show with just us performing and it was all the parents and the community members of those kids who attended the first show. They showed up and they, they raised the money for a cause which was important to their own community. Oh. And you could see how those kids went back home and, as you said, told the story and brought all of them in for the next show. Wow. And it was them changing their own community by us playing a very small role in it. And it was the same for all the schools, even the one in Quebec. It was the people from that school who enabled that change and brought us in. Right. So it's them doing it, not us.
0: Right. But, but it is still a connection, um, a bond, um, but just something that people want to promote, which is mm-hmm. really amazing. Now, the other thing is, because I think it's really important for people to know that um, what you do and the way you do it really has meet is unique. So would you share about the financial rewards and how you're not there, you're there to help make people more aware, but every cent goes back to that local organization.
1: Yes, so if we perform in Halifax, we the money goes to a charity in Halifax. If we perform in Toronto, the money goes to a charity in Toronto. So. Any, anywhere we perform, we don't have a bank account. We are not registered and uh, any any money which is made goes to the charity and we get, we get a receipt saying the charity has received the money and that's our fee.
0: Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. That is just absolutely amazing. So let's say um, we've created this. I know anybody who has been thinking about business for as long as you have way back in elementary school. What do you see, if you could envision in the next few years, what this can grow into, but also for yourself personally, because I know that that you have some big goals for you as far as your IT, or you wouldn't have studied that in your engineering unless you have big desires to do that. So why not share some, in a perfect world, this is where I see it going. I think
1: anything we do now is one way or the other is connected to technology. I mean, look at what And I think COVID has just enforced that view one more time, how now we can even sit home and do a podcast or work from home or pretty much do anything and everything. I mean, although we still need those one-on-one connections, those interactions to learn the human element of our life, but technology has enabled us to do a lot more. So for me, studying IT and getting into social enterprise, was sort of uh, a marriage uh, or the amalgamation of two concepts where if we want to bring in social change, we would need the IT in one way or the other. It could be distribution of uh, funding being given by the government, making sure that it reaches the people who actually need it and is not wasted in the admin costs, which again is is not something which people are doing intentionally, but you know, Having those one-on-one connections between the government and the people is, is one other form of IT which can help run those funds directly into the accounts of people. And and you look at any social enterprise, either it was uh, news not making news, bringing in the news which was important to the community but was not making it to the mainstream. Or through Maritime Banga Group, I mean, we are able to talk about the issues our indigenous brothers and sisters are facing uh, our our black brothers and sisters are facing our own communities facing or even 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 the european canadians who are living here they are also facing a lot of issues uh, disease doesn't uh, distinguish what color you are right so exactly. all these issues had to go in through a pipeline and technology has enabled us to 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 take on those race based or non race based or health based issues with the larger community so i think in the future for any social issues or social enterprises or social revolution they had to one way or the go one way or the other go through the it pipeline either it's through social media or through software or uh, the policy exactly so i think in in an idle world to answer your question all the founders would start to look when when they envision a business they would envision it with, with that extra leg of technology on how they are going to uh, use technology to take their business further and do it efficiently.
0: Well, and, and do it being able to also give back. You know, I think exactly. there, when you have that component to it, it just makes it that much more rewarding that while you benefit and let's say employees and it's still great to be able to support something. And the more local it is that I do find that, that's nice, exactly like you said. What money is made in uh, for charity in Nova Scotia stays in Nova Scotia, and and same thing that what you do in Toronto, great. But when we can take care of our own communities, it makes a huge, huge difference. Anyway, because
1: see, when when we talk about corporates, I I always say we don't need to call it corporate social responsibility. Let's just call it social responsibility. Exactly, because yep. it makes it more individual to the employees because that's when they are contributing to the society not be, not just because they are corporates yeah but just because they are humans and they are part of that society exactly
0: yeah yep. so again um, think of a connection uh, well certainly I'm thrilled that I got to meet you it was like and I have to be honest and say obviously I social media I think I, I watched that when we hang up here I'm gonna go watch your movie um, and where can they where can they see your movie?
1: so the film is streaming on CBC gem yes I like to say it's the same place where you go and watch Shit's Creek in Canada <laughs> so yeah it's on the same platform you or even if you just google behind the bangra boys on CBC uh, CBC gem if you just write that on Google that'll be the first link or okay. you can go to our website behind so in um
0: when did you like how did how did the movie come about did you get a call one day and they said we want to do a movie about you
1: That was just another connection. I mean, there was this, uh, now she's like a family, but we get this uh, message, I think, or an email from a person named Nance Ackerman. And she says, I would like to meet and I have something in mind. And we meet and then she says, I would like to make a film on what you guys do. And we are like, oh my God, who wants to watch a film about what we do? I mean, who the heck we are? Like, we we are not some famous people. We are just everyday people trying to do something. And it's not even big enough she says, "Oh, you don't understand. There, there is, there is a scope to it." And she has always worked on documentaries on social issues. And for for her, as she says, she was she says this was another way of looking at social change, but from a very happy and joyful perspective. And eventually, she convinced me to say yes, and we ended up saying yes. And then I think two and a half years we shot this film they followed us at many different places parliament hill uh, any any anywhere and everywhere we went and then eventually she came up with this film cbc supported us nsbi and uh, many of the local organizations supported and the local and federal organizations supported the production of the film wow and then there came this film and now it's streaming in canada uh it's streaming in film festivals in states uh sweden is has got uh, uh the sweden government has got the film if i remember it right hopefully sweden government i believe has got the 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 government broadcaster in sweden has got the film and I'm, i believe they have already played it or they are yet to play in wow. sweden and it's going for international distribution now
0: so what does your mom think well she
1: <laughs> she she asks me like you know what what is this and uh how, how this all turned out. And yeah, she, she's happy about it, but she still thinks, but she always asks me like, where did you learn all this? And, you and said, I always try to tell her mom from you.
0: Yep. Yep. That's amazing. She must be so proud. Wow. Holy mackerel. Okay. So any last minute things you you want to share?
1: As I, I would say this. And I, in regard to connections, I say, if you feel you have something in your heart and you want to share it, and it could it could be that this is not a good idea but there's the only way to know that if it's a good idea or not is to make that connection make that call and who knows someone will take that call and and sometimes you have to face a lot of rejection and that's that's part of the whole process and i think a lot of people have already talked about it rejection is part of the process and you just keep start making those calls and sending emails and one day you're going to find someone who would have a coffee with you and sit at a Tim Hortons and tell you that this this idea needs to be amended or this is something which you can what you can try and maybe it'll work out so give give your life that chance and who knows how it's going to turn out look at if for an example look at us we were just d- dancing and now it's idea bigger than dancing and taking exactly. so many different shapes
0: yeah. Well, and and usually, let's say when it is, you have an idea, what you want to do is at least perhaps research who you ask the recommendation or ask for feedback, that it's somebody that um, perhaps understands what your idea is about little background there, or somebody who's also tried some things. Because I think for many of us, if we reach out to family and friends, quite often it's do you really think you want to do that cuz they're they're concerned for us that maybe we're going to fall flat on our face but I think you'll agree if you don't try it you you're no further ahead if you try it you will be further ahead whether it's a yes or a no
1: Exactly I mean I always say look for inspiration and connections everywhere I have met some of the random some of the best connections I had uh, you know on either taking a walk or you know meeting them at a wedding Yeah I have had more successful connections with, with strangers and at random places than I had on networking sessions.
0: Exactly. Yep. I think people are are put into our lives for a reason. And I think that's why I met you because I am um, certainly going to start talking about you to everybody I know. Um, and uh, BNI, I'm executive director for BNI Nova Scotia. They have a foundation and they do conferences all over the world. And I think your dance would be amazing.
1: Thank you. And every time we dance, and this is something I really want to add, every time we dance, we do a speech before the dance. And we are on, you know, international human rights platform, platforms we are on uh, Parliament Hill. We are on all these big platforms where we try to tell people why we dance and what this dance is going to bring out and what they have done to help those causes by bringing us there for that day. So go ahead, take that chance, and you never know where it's going to take you. Exactly.
0: Exactly. Oh, this was terrific. Thanks so much.
1: No, thank you. Thank you.
0: Thanks so much for listening. What would you like best? about today's conversations and the connections that lead to miraculous outcomes leave a review we would love to hear from you we'd love to share your story too so why not touch base with the allen on instagram and we'll keep the conversations going